அதில் கரிய திருவாலிமி அஹ்லுகாவது அல்லனாமில்லதுங்கவலி வலியம் வஜு அல்லாஹிரன்ஸ்ரெண்ட் and a helper this is chapter 4 verse 75 the next verse is from chapter 65 verse 6 i'll only read the uh, the first phrase because that is the only part that is relevant to today's khutbah அஸ்கிணுமிஹூசக்கூலாத்துதாத்துலீத்துண்ட house them where you live according to your means and injure them not to change them this is about uh, women and uh, this khutba uh, is in the light of the recent events and the uh, sentence handed down to the murderer of uh, Sarah Everard and the holy prophet Muhammad he said narrated Aisha Allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam said never beat anyone even with your hand neither a woman nor a servant and then in another place it says an honorable man treats women with honor and integrity and only a mean deceitful and dishonest person a dishonest man humiliates and insults women referring to physical abuse the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam said never hit your wives they are your partners and your sincere helpers he exemplified this by never ever hitting a woman or a child himself and the prophet guaranteed protection of life honor and property for women see some people say that uh, in one they mistranslate or misinterpret a verse of the holy quran and then they say oh look hitting uh, wives is allowed here if that is the case then why did the holy prophet muhammad say never hit your wives 
was he telling people to do something uh, that was against the Holy Quran? But let's carry on. Now I'm not going to talk about Tao. I'm going to talk about a judge who lived between 1491, around the time, the 17th century fatwa of Uthmani scholar Abdul Saud, who lived between 1491 and 17, uh, yes, can't, that can't be his date of birth. Something's gone wrong in my typing. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> According to this, he lived for 300 years. I know men used to be healthy and strong, but I don't think they lived for 300 years even at that time. So, his fatwa, the question that was put to him, Zad hurts his wife Hind in many ways. If the Qazi knows about it, is he able to separate Hind from Zad? And the answer he gave was, he's able to prevent his hurting her by whatever means possible. And in 1687, in the Sharia court of Aleppo, a woman brought a case against an abusive husband. And uh, the judgment that was given was this. It was in May uh, 1687 that uh, Fatma bint uh, Haji Ali filed a lawsuit against her husband saying that he was uh, abusing her. He hit her with a stick on her body and on her mouth causing her mouth to bleed. He claimed that he was constantly abusive, that, that this is verbally abusive and she brought five witnesses. The court didn't just reprimand the husband, the court reprimanded the, husband, the abusive husband but ordered that he should be lashed. But ordered that he should be given corporal punishment. For what crime? For the crime of hitting his wife. Now I selected these examples. There are, there are many others. There, there is one uh, famous one from Spain which I couldn't find the exact reference this, this morning where a woman went to uh, the court and uh, said to the, uh, to the judge, to the Qadi, that uh, her husband had forced himself on her and the Qadi punished her husband under the, uh, the verse of the Holy Quran which says if you call someone injury then uh, you need to be punished. Um, and the husband's uh, defense was that the verse of the Holy Quran means physical injury. And the judge disagreed. He said, by forcing yourself on your wife, the psychological harm that you have caused is much greater than any physical harm that you, uh, that you could have inflicted. Now, we, we are talking about several hundred years ago when if these incidents uh, took place 
the judges would rule in women's favour and even punish the husbands. You heard one where the, uh, the judge said that uh, the punishment was that uh, the husband should be taken out and uh, corporal punishment inflicted upon him. What has happened, sadly, since then, that uh, this violence within the family, outside the family, has become common both in among Muslim families and non-Muslim families. And uh, I give you two examples. Um, uh, someone in Pakistan asked her uh, great uh, nephew to go and get him a glass of water, which he did. But when he came out, after a few minutes, he said, you know, why did you insult me? And the lady said, how did I insult you? I just asked you for a glass of water. And he said, it's a woman's place to be in the kitchen. And I had to go into the kitchen to get you a glass of water. And, you know, I feel insulted and humiliated. If this is the example that you're setting your children, what do you expect? Upbringing, education starts in the home. There's another example, my personal example. I was in the kitchen washing up and uh, uh, there was a, uh, the, the doorbell rang and a relative, a relative of ours was in the sitting room. So he went and uh, first he came and closed the kitchen door. And then he went and opened the, the door and someone came in and I uh, heard people talking. So I went in and I said, uh, oh, you know, oh, okay, I'm just finishing. I'll be another five minutes and uh, I'll put the dishes away and then uh, I'll come and talk to you. And when this man had gone, my relative said, if you have no feeling for your own honour, at least have some consideration for my order. Then I said, what did I do? Your friend came, I gave him tea and so on and so forth. And he said, no, I closed the kitchen door so the man, so that my friend wouldn't see you doing the washing up. And you just came out and said, I'm doing the washing up and I'll be five minutes after I put the, the dishes away. Where did this guy get this idea from? It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in America or United Kingdom or Pakistan or Saudi Arabia. Generally, generally, people see that women are being treated as objects to satisfy men's desires. And when they see this, this is how they're going to behave. Frequently, you hear a husband say to, uh, to his wife, she may or may not have made a mistake, God, you're stupid. And when the kids hear that, 
when the kids hear that, when the sons hear that, when the daughters hear that, what message is it giving them? That verbal violence, verbal abuse is allowed and that women are stupid compared to men. Well, for men, I have very bad news. Some of you might know that uh, I was giving, <clears throat> I used to give private tuition and all my girls' students performed much better in their GCSEs and A-levels compared to the boys that I was tutoring. So, uh, you know, just think on that. But this, this idea that women are only there to be at men's beck and call, that, you know, their only objective in life is to cook and clean after their husbands. This isn't Islamic. This is what you teach your children. And unless you teach your children to respect girls and respect women, they won't do it. The, you know, recently there was a, a survey and a large number of girls in secondary schools complained about harassment, sexual harassment. And these are shockingly somewhere even in, 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 in uh, primary school. But where did these secondary, secondary school kids, these teenagers, get this idea that women are fair game? Well, it starts in the home. It starts on television, where women are sexualized. Tell me, you go to uh, the London Motor Show and Jaguar or some other car company have launched a new model, car model. Why do they have a half-naked girl draped across its body. What does she add to the beauty of whatever of that car? Whatever car company it is, is sexualizing women. It's de degrading them. Why could they have a man why couldn't they have a man in his underwear draped across the, the bonnet of the, uh, of the car? These are subliminal messages going out to men. This is all women are good for. You are using women's bodies to sell your products. And then that advertisement is, is, is shown on, on, on the television. And the dad sits there and says, oh, look, you know, beautiful car and so on. And the kids are there listening, boys and girls. What message are they drawing from the father's comments and that advertisement being shown on television? The message is that, you know, this is all 
girls are good for. If they're fair game for a car company to strip them of their clothes and drape them uh, semi-naked across the bonnet of their car, why can't he do it when he goes back to school? Why can't he do it? Well, the reason is obvious. By draping that woman across the bonnet of that car, the, the, the TV company that runs that ad makes money. The people who make that ad make money. The car company makes money. And in that quest, in that rush to make money, women's dignity and honor Women's dignity and honor is trodden upon. And no one raises an eyelid. No one raises their hand to say why. You know, the, the, this the, the, the survey that was done, I think someone on BBC or someone set up an anonymous website where you could log on and describe your experiences, you know, with your secondary school kids. And they were staggered and astonished. And it's the same all over the world. In Pakistan, a girl's car breaks down on the motorway. She rings for help. Three men come, drag her out of the car and rape her. And the police officer's comment is, well, why was she travelling at night? Well, why not? The Holy Quran says that about women, injure them not, nor try and change them. You want to bring in an Islamic government. How about bringing in a government that protects women? And sadly, when the government tried to do that, religious people were up in arms. <clears throat> but then there's another side to the coin, and that is that, uh, you know, perhaps some people will get upset by this, and that is that girls and women should also be careful. It's a dangerous world out there. And they need to be careful in the way they dress, the time when they go out, the place where they go out. And I know many girls have responded when I've said this to me by saying it shouldn't happen. Yes, I know it shouldn't happen. But it does happen. If I leave the door of my house open, unlocked, and someone comes and burgles it, and I call the police and the police come and I said, well, I only left the door open. This shouldn't happen. The burglar didn't have my, didn't have my permission to come into my house and take my belongings. What will the police say? Mm -hmm. Their reaction will be exactly the same. We know it shouldn't happen. But it does happen. 
And there is an old maxim which says that uh, prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. And that's what people should do. But the first thing, the most important thing that I urge all parents in their homes and all schools is to stress that women are individuals in their own right. God did not create them simply for men's sexual gratification. They are worthy and valuable individuals and they can and do contribute to all walks of life. And men who behave in this way, they bring shame upon their religion, upon their country, upon their gender. But most of all, unless parents and teachers, unless parents and teachers in home and in school show by practical examples that this is unacceptable behavior, like that judge did. Okay, so you, so you hit your wife, let's see how you feel when you are tamed in the public square. You know, any boy who sexually harasses a girl, strip him of his clothes and march him naked throughout the school and see how he feels. So please, my please, let's start training our children, boys and girls, to respect each other. بارک اللہ لنا ولکم فی القرآن العظیم نفانا ما یاکم بلا یاتی و ذکر الحکیم انہو تعالی جواد الکریم الملک مروف الرحیم موسیقی وَعَلَىٰ آلِ إِبْرَحِيمَ إِنَّكَ حَبِيدُ مُبِيدُ اللہم بارک علی محمد وعلى آلِ محمد کما بارکتا علی إِبْرَحِيمَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ إِبْرَحِيمَ إِنَّكَ حَبِيدُ مُبِيدُ اللہم منصر من نصر دین محمد صلی اللہ علیہ و 
وسلم ஹம் <laughs> அலைஹிம் 
This is the end of our broadcast for our Friday service. Those who might have been confused by the extra stigma in the second rakah that was because uh, I had missed out one verse of uh, the chapter that I was reciting in the second rakah and I made a mistake so that is called um, the uh, 
prostration of repentance that you ask forgiveness for the mistake that you made. Um, our uh, ne next broadcast is on uh, Saturday, tomorrow at 2 p.m. UK time. It's a group on WhatsApp called Pure Discussions when uh, the topic will be, it's in Urdu, the topic we'll be di discussing would be um, Muslim attitude to the British rule in India. Um, I hope you will join us then. And then of course, uh, uh, on Monday, we'll restart our reflections on the Holy Quran. We had some technical difficulties, um, which meant that we, uh, after Monday, we couldn't continue our broadcasts. Uh, so I hope uh, you were too disappointed. With the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, regardless of your religion, your sect, your nationality, your caste, creed or colour, may Allah keep the whole of humanity under his protection and save everyone from harm. Assalamu alaikum. Khuda Hafiz. Goodbye.